0: We're going to leave the music out of this one. And the little, (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. Does anybody want to talk to me right now? Do you want a recap of this game? Heartbreaking. The Raptors worked like hell all night. Every single possession, killing themselves over and over again. Oh man, to make sure that Joel Embiid would not find comfort in the paint. And down the stretch, he just ended up beating them with jumper after jumper. That's that's crazy. As far as defense, this was a, a pitch-perfect game plan. The Raptors got out to a lead because they were scoring the ball and defending. They maintained that defense throughout the second half. Sure, Embiid came in, and he had his disruptive getting-to-the-line section of the game. And towards the end of things, they started really initiating him by the free-throw line. He hit some shots there. And then coming off that Tobias Harris screen, Precious gets caught up because it's, you know, everybody gets caught up on screens, comes off at 0.7 seconds left and he hits a three. The Raptors, they don't get the shot up in time on the other end. It misses anyway, but yeah, man, 104, 101. The Raptors lost this game and it sits completely on their offensive performance. They, they, They really, really had it defensively. And it goes to show you how exhausting this is because it's not that there's two ends of the floor. There's just basketball. And these guys kill themselves on one end and they looked dead on the other side. It's just the touch shots for Pascal not going in tonight. And and to be fair, Embiid is sitting in every driving lane that Pascal wanted. And Pascal didn't have an easy shot all night. And his handle just wasn't where it needed to be. Pascal's offensive performance tonight flat out was not good enough. Same with Fred's. OG, Gary Trent, I thought they were both tremendous. Precious Achua, absolutely tremendous. Those three guys, especially OG and and, and Precious, because those guys, like Gary, I thought had a good defensive game, but OG and Precious, OG, Precious, and Pascal, that trio defensively in this one, just insane. Closing down everything, getting to everywhere on the court. But yeah, if there if there's a reason the Raptors lost this game, it's because Pascal and, and Fred did not give enough offensive output. As, as harsh as those terms sound, I, I know elsewhere media people will definitely be putting them in much harsher terms, but that's why the Raptors lost. They couldn't get the proper amount of creation from Pascal. They couldn't get the proper amount of creation from Fred. And that's tough, man. That's really tough. As far as what those guys did in this game, Pascal had a few successful stretches. The first half, I thought, was you know quite successful for him in what he was able to do. The second half, though, just had nothing going. Created a little bit for others. And um, still, Joel Embiid was still in help all the time or on him. The 76ers didn't really change how they wanted to defend him. Pascal just wasn't able to take advantage of what was there. And guys like OG and Gary did a really great job of transitioning those failed Siakam drive attempts or overloaded Siakam drive attempts into dribble handoffs where they get to the middle of the floor and maybe they do something, but there was value in what Pascal did, but not nearly, nearly enough. And had he been able to give the Raptors just a little bit more, had Fred been able to give the Raptors just a little bit more, they're not down three Oh, they're down two one. And, uh, you, you couldn't have made those complaints about game one or two. Neither of those guys were going to swing one of those games. But absolutely, one of those guys could have been able to do it in this one. And they didn't. And a lot of that is really good defense by the 76ers. Embiid just completely locked down the paint. OG, like even OG, as much as he got into the paint, as the game went on, that wasn't really there for him. Because Embiid was just plodding in the paint. The 76ers, they started playing a lot of zone. The Raptors had a lot of trouble with that because the 76ers were playing. This is what having Embiid in the middle of the floor does for them. They get to play super aggressive to run guys off of the line, like Fred, like Gary, like OG, and Embiid is waiting for them. So do you want to exist in the middle of the floor? Do you want to get Embiid to step up? And hopefully somebody's cutting from the weak side. How do you want to score the ball? And as it, you know, in this game, Embiid wasn't really moving. It was like, you come and finish over me if you want to, if you think you can, or you take that mid-range jump shot, or you keep it moving. And more often than not, it was just keeping it moving or taking the mid-range jump shot, and that's tough. You just, you just can't operate in a winning fashion when the rim isn't accessible to you and you're not just an unbelievable lights-out shooting team. And, man, OG, Gary, they tried to make it so down the stretch. Four of nine from downtown for each of them. Fred, two of (sighs) 10. That's tough, man. That's so tough. And Pascal, like I said, no easy looks. Didn't get to the free throw line once. He pressed, he tried, and uh, nothing came up on that end. Man. So if you guys want to hear how the Raptors did better on defense, uh, they had a better whistle. Absolutely. They were allowed to be a little bit more aggressive. They, they turned the 76ers over way more often in this game. They completely changed how they were guarding Tyrese Maxey. Those screening actions, they especially with Precious playing so many minutes, 35 in this game, Ken Burch only playing 14, it meant that a lot of the times, OG, Pascal, or Precious were the people who were participating in the screening action with Fred or Gary. So when Tyrese wanted to get downhill, the Raptors are playing at the level of the screen or switching. And Tyrese Maxey wasn't nearly as effective in this game, although he was still good. But 19 points on 18 shots, one of, one assist, and, and five turnovers. The Raptors kind of figured out how they want to dis, to guard the, the guard duo of Harden and Maxey. And Harden, I think he played well, all things considered. But he made a lot of mistakes too, because the Raptors said we're going to make you be the guy. Come on, beat us. In single coverage, let's see if you have the the juice. And the answer to that was kind of like some juice, but definitely not all of it. Guys like Thaddeus Young, who towards the end of the stint he had, it wasn't as effective, but Pascal, OG, Precious in particular, were just overwhelmingly successful guarding Harden in isolation and so much so that he just absolutely stopped looking for it, would just call screens up, and he wouldn't even try it. When he had Fred, when he had uh, Kem, when he had Flynn, when he had Gary, that's when he was trying stuff out. And he had quite a bit of success in doing so, but he had to work really hard to get into those positions. And the intended consequence that the Raptors wanted the 76ers to bear was to completely slow down their offense, move the ball away from Embiid, and make sure that closeouts weren't as important this is stuff you know i've been talking about since the start since before the series is the raptors probably when you make harden be a threat off ball he just won't be he can only ever be on ball he didn't do anything as an off ball weapon the ball came to him if he was open he slowed it down and took whoever was coming out to him in isolation he did good enough and and finally the 76ers towards the end of the game they started getting a lot of uh, pick-and-roll looks that they liked with M- the Embiid and Harden pick-and-roll because that's just such a tough action to guard. But the Raptors, you, you can't complain about defense in this one. They they changed the, the principles with... They inverted the principles of how they wanted to guard Maxi versus Harden. They overloaded on Embiid, got Embiid to start initiating in the middle of the floor because they were so effective sending help on the low block. They didn't send him to the line a ridiculous amount of times, although... You know, he still got to the line for nine free throw attempts, but that's certainly, you're okay with that. If you get that in game four, you're over the moon once again. But Embiid, like I said at the start of the podcast, the Raptors worked like hell to make sure that he wasn't coming into the paint. And they ended up just hitting shots over top of them. Like the, He is such an immensely talented player. He is such an all-time player. He's just... He's there, man. And this is why when I've been talking about it, it's like Joel Embiid just about brought Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Sergio Baca, Marcus Saul, Norman Powell, that team, Danny Greeny. He just about brought that team to heel. And that was two years ago, three years ago. Sorry. You know, that's that is an immensely dominant player and he did it on both ends in this game it's this was one of the i when we watched the raptors play the celtics and they overloaded on tatum and that's really how they wanted to play it they got that matchup to a place where they liked it and they just didn't come through on the offensive end that's how that series ended as well and in this one the raptors the defense they played in this game just can't be overlooked it there's going to be coaches who obsess over this who show people you know how they performed in this one the way they were able to filter and and cycle and rotate and just it was so so impressive so physical at the point of attack without fouling clinical efficient dig downs it's there was just so few things that they messed up on of course there were some but man that was a hell of a defensive performance and yeah, I won't forget it for a while, but Joel Embiid is so good, so overwhelming, such an all-time talent that he took what they were doing and just he manipulated it, he bashed it, and then he made peace with it and then beat it another way. That's, that's just an all-time player, man. How the Raptors could have won this game wouldn't change a single thing defensively, offensively. Basically, it's they they got to a few shots. Like they left free throws up there. Um, you know, Precious Achua towards the end of regulation, he gets that drive. Pascal Siakam has his drive. He gets a lot of attention. He passes out to Precious. Precious gets Harden to foul him. Harden fouls out at that point. Precious doesn't make either. And the 76ers, they get the missed Joel Mb three, and they get the missed Tobias put back, and that's it. That's regulation. In overtime, you know, OG split the free throws, but that's certainly not the problem. Pascal got to a couple well, got to one look that I thought was what he could do, what he could make, and that was the the short roll where he missed the mid-range jumper from about sixteen feet, back iron. He missed he missed like his last hour many shots in this one. Just couldn't get anything to go, not the touch shots, not anything. And Had he been able to get to, because he did get to spots not nearly as well as he did in the first two games, but had he been able to convert, we're not worried about this game. They're, they're headed, you know, they're taking two days off and then scheming up how they're going to tie the series up. And same with Fred, because Fred being this incredibly well-regarded shooter and going two for 10, it's just not tenable and and Fred also not being able to create of out of the pick and roll the assists I know like he's sitting at nine assists, but a lot of these aren't high value assists that he's creating. these guys, both of them Pascal and Fred, just they failed to uh to execute offensively, and the raptors are currently they're sitting in the the results of that and, and but they were both great defensively, especially Pascal Pascal was so pristine defensively. Very few mistakes and made a ton of plays that just he had no right making. And same with OG and same with Precious. Precious. And, and so let's talk about OG and Gary and Precious. Gary, just hit those catch and shoot jumpers, man. When you have space, hit those jumpers, those three-pointers. It puts the Raptors in a way better spot. Getting downhill a little bit, finishing in transition. Those little DHL plays where he gets the handoff and he gets to like 18 feet, hits the jumper. He snakes a pick and roll, gets to the elbow, hits a jumper over. And B just, man, a bunch of good stuff, honestly. And and the the punch of his defense, significantly better in this game than it was over the first, well, he was ill, but, you know, he, he was much better than the first two games, obviously. And OG, the creation from a standstill, saved the Raptors in many occasions. And the the catch and shoot three-point is just in a really great place, as it always has been extra possessions on offensive rebounds, playing out of the post. He did everything. Everything, man. Just a tremendous, tremendous performance. Ugh, dig um. Yeah, and then Precious. Even though he missed those free throws, his defense was worth its weight in gold. Finished 9 for 11 from the field, 2 of 2 from downtown. The The extra possessions, the putbacks, And just the cutting, man, especially along the baseline, supporting these drives, and then finishing in the contested airspace around the rim. Even just taking guys off the dribble. Embiid off the dribble on on two separate occasions in the zone where Embiid stepped up. Precious was like, boop, gone. Steven like leaves them in the dust. Precious is just so promising. He was he was perfect tonight. Except for those free throws. But how could you complain? Precious was worth 80 points in this one. <laughs> he was so good. So, so good. And this is what everybody, you know, for those people who were on Team Precious and saying, you know, let him dribble a little bit. Let let the Raptors, you know, play him more minutes. Don't play Kem so often. Let let Precious play these minutes because he's just so good. This is kind of what those people were seeing. And I was certainly one of them. Was I the earliest adopter? Not Not that I know of. But, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've been hearing me sing his praises for quite some time now, and he was just excellent tonight. And, uh, yeah, he he gets the, the Reggie Evans Award. I don't know what else to say about this game, man. That was heartbreaking, dude. And it's just all could have been, been good if Fred and Pascal could have given a little bit more on offense. That is just so tough to swallow. Top quick action comment is from DS. Quote, wow, make your goddamn free throws, people. Pascal, my friend, you were isolated time and again against Harris, Niang, and Green, and you didn't reach the rim once. You shrank. End quote. Uh, yeah, he shrank, but not in that way, dude. Um, when Embiid is, if they're playing pack on defense and they're gapping the lanes, uh, the rim isn't there. For example, like <laughs> on that last turnover where he passed to Precious, and that was a really bad cut by Precious because the, the guy pulled... Well, Embiid was playing defense on Precious, right? But he's not actually there. He's actually just in the lane trying to stop Pascal's drive. And Precious cut in and ended up being a turnover. And Precious, no no shade. Like, he can make better cuts. He was way better than Pascal tonight. But the, the answer in this game actually wasn't Pascal getting to the rim because nobody got to the rim, actually. And the reason why Pascal didn't get to the rim was because of all the defensive attention he got. If he got the step... Embiid was there. There was always somebody waiting. And the big mistake for Pascal in this one is that his touch shots didn't go in. And he didn't make the jumpers that were necessary. But the rim wasn't available to a single solitary player on the Raptors out of uh, primary actions. There's a reason why the Raptors were only scoring off of second side stuff and offensive rebounds and cuts. And it's because Embiid was stepping up on anybody who could get to the rim. And since Fred couldn't create anything of the pick and roll, Pascal Siakam had the ball and was typically funneling the ball after attempting to get downhill into dribble handoffs and into you know plays on the sideline and that kind of stuff. But Pascal shrunk. We're agreed. But the, I wouldn't portray it as isolations against Harris, Niang, and Green because uh, these are not isolations. He was one player, but the team was guarding those heavily. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't frame it that way. But uh, he certainly shrank in other ways. Uh, Yeah, so agreed on the shrinking. But yeah, it wasn't the rim in this game. It was uh, everything in between. In this game where they're going to sit back and they're always going to have somebody in the lane, three-point shots have to be made by other people, and they were, definitely, especially Gary OG. But they also should have been made by Pascal. Pascal was 0 for 2 from 3. More looks were available to him, and he just didn't hit anything from the mid-range when he had to. In the second half, I should say, he had some nice shots, creating in the middle of the floor in the first half. But the second half, he didn't. He didn't make the shots that he had to. The ball funneled to him. He had looks. He missed them all. And so, yeah, shrinking agreed on. Uh, he didn't. He didn't play well. He didn't hit his shots. But as far as uh, the rim, the rim wasn't available to anybody. And I, I will vehemently disagree with that. But you're, you're absolutely correct. That's uh <sighs> that's tough, man. Pascal, he was just, he was so good defensively and so bad offensively in that second half. It's tough, man. Real tough. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope that this was <laughs> pleasant for you to listen to. There you go, man. That's, sheesh. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for tuning in whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.